Welcome to Canusa Street, a podcast at the intersection of the issues and policies between Canada and the United States. Here are your hosts, Scotty Greenwood and Chris Sands. Welcome back to Canusa Street. I'm Scotty Greenwood, and I'm joined with my partner in crime. Chris Sands. Hi. Hi. Great to be with you, Scotty. You too, as always. And today is really a special day, Chris. I couldn't be more excited about our about our guest. He knows everything in the world about infrastructure. He knows a lot about a lot of things. And he also uh, has a special relationship with President Biden's choice uh, to be U.S. Ambassador to Canada. So uh, let me turn it over to you, Chris, for a proper introduction of, of, of our special guest. And then, Governor, we'll just have a, a free-flowing conversation. Well, it, it, I know for some of the Canadians, they won't have Ed Rendell as a household name, but in the United States, he absolutely is. Mayor of Phil, uh, Philadelphia from 1992 to 2000, Governor of Pennsylvania from 2003 to 2011, a national figure in the Democratic Party, but with particular expertise on infrastructure. Uh, I think no other issues more identified with the governor than the need to rebuild and reinvest in American infrastructure. He's on the boards of a number of energy firms. Uh, he So he not only talks about the need for the public sector to invest, but he's part of the private sector's attempt to, uh, to really build back better, something that's very much a theme of the new Biden administration. And he's, I know, a close confidant and advisor uh, for President Biden. He also had for a number of years, as you mentioned, Scotty, David Cohen as one of his right-hand people of interest to those of us who follow Canada US, in part because uh, David Cohen is President Biden's nominee to be next ambassador to Canada. So very timely and wonderful to talk to you, Governor. Well, my pleasure. The one experience I had with any notoriety in Canada was when the Philadelphia Phillies were playing the Toronto Blue Jays in the 1993 World Series. I was mayor. And we went up there for the first two games, which were in Toronto. Toronto won the first game. And before the second game, I was down on the field talking to some of the players. And a news crew came over and asked me, was I worried that Toronto had won the first game? And I said, no, Toronto doesn't have pitching to compete with us and I said uh, Stoudemire uh, was Mel Stoudemire Jr. I think was pitching for the Blue Jays then I said gosh he's there for a starter and he throws the ball so slowly I could get hit off him and I was I think 58 at the time (laughs) so that became notorious spread all over Toronto and all over Philadelphia for that matter Oh my gosh! I got blasted in Toronto Canadian sports writers, everyone blasted me. But two days later, Sotomayor started for the Blue Jays. And Canada, Toronto won the game, but they won it 15-13. So my prediction <laughs> oh, about Sotomayor came true. Well, I guarantee you, Governor, uh, Scotty is a fast-pitch pitcher, so she's going to come at you with some <laughs> questions. You better be ready. All right, I'm ready. Well, well actually, I was going to say, we, we have that. I didn't know we had in common our our views about the Blue Jays, Governor. Before I lived in Washington, D.C., I lived in Atlanta, and uh, the Braves oh, played the Blue Jays, and that was no good. Uh, no good for a Braves fan, so... Um, so we have that in common. So, so look, th- this week as we're talking, you know, there are jokes about Infrastructure Week, but this really is Infrastructure Week. It's, uh, it's historic uh, initiatives on the part of the Biden administration have 
made it through the Senate, and there's a there's a lot happening. And I wonder if we could just start out with your views, Governor, about what's going on with American infrastructure. How do you feel about the state of play right now? And just catch us up on that a little bit. Well, that's interesting. This is something that I take very personally because when I was mayor, I was elected the president of the organization Rebuild America. That was mostly cities and mostly mayors, and I headed that organization for four years. Then after I became governor, I saw nothing was going on with the American infrastructure, so I contacted Governor Schwarzenegger of California, Mayor Bloomberg of New York, and the three of us decided to become co-chairs of an organization called uh, Building America's Future. And we became one of the leading infrastructure advocacy organizations in the country. So we've been fighting for this for a long time. Look, America hasn't had a real infrastructure program where it put significant money into things that could be done with long-range planning. We haven't had one since Dwight Eisenhower was president of the United States. And you'll recall President Eisenhower spurred the... uh, the interstate highway system. Uh, that's when we built the best roads in the world and we developed a highway system that opened up the country in an unbelievable way. But since then, we have let our infrastructure fail. Uh, we have an electric grid that does a very poor job of getting electricity from where it's produced to the urban centers where it's needed. We have broadband that doesn't cover most areas in most states in the country. We, uh, I just saw a organization rating the 25 best airports in the world. Not one of them was an American airport. Um, we have high-speed rail. The fastest train in the passenger train in America is the Acela. It averages about 90 miles or 100 miles an hour uh, in the part of the track that's fast enough for it to run on. Um, Whereas in Europe, it's 225. And I rode the Japanese maglev train that goes 317 miles an hour. So in short, we are absolutely getting crushed. America, which had undisputedly the best infrastructure in the world, now is ranked 13th best by the World Economic Forum, 13th best infrastructure in the world. It hurts us in so many ways, particularly economically. With the Panama, Panama Canal getting deepened, these big ships can go all the way to, from the Far East to the Eastern Coast of America. But of our 13 ports on the East Coast, only three right now are deep enough or dredged deeply enough to accept those ships. So most of those ships are going to have to go up to Canadian ports. And again, I don't begrudge Canada. They do a great job. But we're losing those jobs, trucker jobs, longshoremen jobs, blue-collar jobs that pay seventy, dollars $80,000 a year. We can't afford to lose jobs like that. So it's long overdue for the American infrastructure to be revitalized. People say, well, this is a $1.2 trillion bill. No, in reality, it isn't. Because $500 billion of that is from the FAST Act, which is the normal reauthorization of the Transportation Act, which provides the gas tax funds to fund um, highways and and uh, transit and uh, bridges and things like that. Really, there's only about 
600 billion dollars of new spending spread out over eight years so pardon my math but that's about 75 70 thousand dollars 70 billion dollars a year well the american society of civil engineers said we needed 200 billion dollars a year extra spending above and beyond what we were spending over a 10-year period to get our infrastructure up to fair to good condition so it's not a massive bill give president biden tremendous credit for fashioning a bipartisan piece of legislation that puts 600 billion extra dollars into infrastructure nobody's done anything like that since president eisenhower but it's good. It's a good start. It can get us moving. But we've got to continue to invest in our infrastructure. I'll give you one example why infrastructure is so important. You've all heard of the Hoover Dam. Yeah. It's an amazing sight to see. It's a yeah. dam that supplies electricity to six or seven western states. It was built. It was open up for business in, eight, in 1931, 90 years ago. It is still producing electricity. Yeah. That's why we should invest in infrastructure, because infrastructure continues to reap benefits for us well after the cost of it has been paid for. Well, absolutely, Governor. And your your passion comes through in your leadership for years and years. You mentioned building America's future that you and Governor Schwarzenegger and Mayor Mike Bloomberg uh, put together. And our good mutual friend, Marsha Hale, uh, you know, continues to lead. So was the executive director. That's right. And she was a brilliant executive director. We couldn't have done it without Marsha. Well, and Marsha's still in there fighting. That's right. And one of the things that I talked to Marsha about over the years, and I'll ask you about, that Canadians, when they think about, when they see big American infrastructure initiatives, they worry about Buy American, right? They worry about Buy America provisions because our our economies are so integrated, it's hard to unscramble the egg. So, so what do you, how do you, you know, sort of think about the concern that comes particularly from Canada, which is, as you know, very well, Governor, our largest and closest trading partner, $700 billion a year. What do you, how should they be thinking about these Buy America provisions that they're worried will exclude them? Well, tell them that this is an illusory worry because if there weren't Buy America provisions in the bill, it would never have been passed. So the $600 billion would never have been available under the normal course of business, number one. And number two, although it does say Buy America, you've got to look into that fairly carefully. Some of the things that you buy from American farms are required to buy from American farms are assembled in America with products from other countries. So it will benefit Canada as well. And look, Canada has a, 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 an economic stake second to only America itself in our infrastructure. If you're a Canadian firm that ships, good by, ships goods by, uh, by uh, road to, let's say, um, Washington, D.C., well, you better the heck hope that we rebuild our roads and get uh, expanded roads that can handle traffic that you don't sit in traffic for five or six hours. You better the heck do that or else your your company, your Canadian company, can be losing tons of money because of transportation costs and because of delays. So we, we are, I view Canada, the U.S. and Mexico as one 
one area that together has benefits when each other's infrastructure gets improved. Governor, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of the cross-border infrastructures. Probably the biggest piece of infrastructure on the border uh, between Canada and the U.S. is the new Gordie Howe International Crossing, a bridge between Detroit and Windsor. And um, when they were pulling the plans together for that bridge, um, one of the things that uh, the planners realized in both governments was that the people who live around the bridge see that as their bridge, but people down the highway in other states south as far as Texas or, or into Canada as far as Quebec weren't necessarily seeing that bridge, which is part of their network, but a long way away from where they live as being their bridge. And so they got very parochial about who's paying for it, how much does it cost? How do we create a sense of, um, I don't know, shared investment, shared ownership for the infrastructure that connects us, but may not be in our backyard? That really depends on good advocacy by not only elected leaders, but by the media itself. That point has to be made. And there's a second point that has to be made. Look, we are all in this together. Mary Smith. Mary Smith is a 78-year-old woman who's retired, who lives alone by herself in her house, and is a very nice woman. But the only transportation she takes is the bus. She takes the bus into town. She takes the bus to go to suburban shopping malls. So Mary Smith says, well, why should I pay for the gas tax? I mean, you know, it, it doesn't apply to me, so I shouldn't pay anything. So she's in favor of raising the gas tax. But she's against raising the price to ride on mass transit. Well, the answer is we all take care of each other. We try as a, as a nation. The whole point of being a nation and we try to take care of everybody else's needs. And, you know, people say, well, what do the people in Montana and South Dakota care about roads? Well, they care big time about roads because they've developed into, they're now producing oil and natural gas. And what do they need to get that oil and natural gas to places to get it refined and sold? They need good roads that trucks can go on. So eventually, infrastructure touches everybody, and we're all in it together. And what you need in your area we may not affect my area, but we've got to support it because it's good for you, just like you've got to support things that are good for us. That point has to be made over and over again by elected officials, by appointed officials, and by the media itself. I'm going to pick right up on that because it's one of the things that has come up a lot in Canada-U.S. relations lately. We're both democracies and we have, you know, public hearings about infrastructure projects, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline or, or a new highway. And it, it seems that the protest movements, who always want to be heard, fair enough, um, have become very good at, at stopping momentum on big projects. And that sense that, you know, maybe the Keystone Pipeline is more important to Canadians or not, and we're all concerned about the environment. How do we, how do we get to yes while listening to very legitimate complaints and sometimes modifying plans accordingly, but still get to build infrastructure? Or have we become so protest-oriented that we can't build anything anymore? Well, <laughs> when I was mayor, I had a brilliant woman who was head of my parking authority, and she was a great developer. She knew how to develop projects and move projects. And she told me that there were two new groups formed. She said, you know about NIMBY. NIMBY is not in my backyard. 
I said, yes, I know about Nimbyev and Rhino, but what about the other two groups? She said, one is called uh, Nope. I said, Nope, what does that stand for? Nowhere on planet Earth. <laughs> I said, that's interesting. What's the other group? She said, the other group is Banana. I said, okay, what's Banana stand for? Build absolutely nothing anywhere near anybody. <laughs> banana. I wrote a book when I left office as governor. I wrote a book two years later. It was published called A Nation of Wusses, which basically said that our politicians have been so scared of losing their jobs that 10 people with a sign that says anything will scare them into inaction, that the safest way to get reelected is to do nothing. Well, if you're doing nothing, why run for office in the first place? If there isn't something you really care about getting done, Save us the trouble and don't run for office. You have to listen to people's concerns. A lot of the concerns are legitimate. Do your best to ameliorate those concerns. But then if you've done your best and you still think the project is good for all of the people that you represent, say to the people who are against it, say, look, I've listened to your concerns. I've made some changes in the legislation to take care of some of your concerns, but I can't take care of all of them. And November 3rd, 2022, is when I'm running for election. You're free to vote against me. <laughs> I, I Until love that. we get politicians who are willing to do that, we're always going to have trouble with, quote, controversial projects. You know, the Internet these days, something gets on the Internet and goes viral. People say, oh, well, look, at you can't do that. People on the Internet are fired up about it. Well, it turns up. Turns out that the issues that are fired up at the, by people on the internet are not necessarily the view of the majority of people in in America or I assume Canada. The internet represents a slice of people, but not a very big slice. Well, let's let's leave this here for a moment and just say really thank you. We're going to have more conversations about infrastructure and about your former chief of staff and about whatever else comes up. But this has been uh, really insightful. Infrastructure is such a hot topic. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's it's on the tip of the tongue of everybody in the White House, Capitol Hill, not to mention um, all of the communities that are really looking for what comes out of this infrastructure package. And it's a once in a generation or a couple generation project. So happy to have you, Governor. Absolutely. Have a great day. Chris, over to you. Well, I was just going to say, I think one of the things that Governor Rendell did such a nice job of dealing with is the question, you talk about communities and understanding infrastructure, the question from the Canadian point of view, you know, all we, we hear from our Canadian friends is, well, we're worried about Buy American. And I think he made a very good case for why that's part of the bill, but why that doesn't have to be a deal breaker in terms of Canada, the U.S. working together. And of course, Canada has its infrastructure investments. We're all going to need that coming out of COVID. And because our infrastructure was pretty underinvested both countries for a long time. So this is a hot topic. I think we got a really honest insight from 
frankly, one of the people who has both the brains and the knowledge and the passion. Uh, and you could see why he's been so successful in pushing this issue for so many years. That's right. You know, mayors, governors all care a lot about infrastructure and so do so do everyday people. So that was really terrific. And Chris, we've got to have him back when the time is right and talk about his former chief of staff, David Cohen, uh, who is President Biden's nominee to be ambassador to Canada. So when, when the time is right, we'll have that conversation as well. I'll look forward to it. He's a great guest. This podcast is brought to you by the Canadian American Business Council and the Wilson Center. If you like this episode, help others find our show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.